This is Morgan Hazelwood, back again with more writing tips and writerly musings. Today I bring to you a starter's guide for fiction writers who have been told they need to establish a social media presence, part one of maybe three? I've got a lot to say on this topic. Anyway, part one, becoming a good internet citizen as a writer. If you want to be a writer, the ubiquitous they tell you that you need to, quote, establish a social media presence. But so much of the advice out there is aimed at nonfiction writers. Nonfiction writers sell books based on establishing their expertise in that particular area. Fiction writers, we sell books based on the story, the writing, and word of mouth. So how do we make social media work for us? Here is Morgan's approach to social media. Once upon a time, long, long a couple years ago, I finished drafting my first novel, editing it and sending it off to my beta readers for what I thought was going to be the last time. We all know how that goes. While I awaited their feedback, I started researching the next step, and everywhere I looked said I needed an author page. At the bare minimum, I should have a website landing strip just to get my name out there and on the Google search results. So Morgan got herself a website. I bought my own domain name for branding. That's why you see me at morganhazelwood.com and not wordpress.com slash morganhazelwood or whatever. Um, and I set up, clearly, a WordPress account. I might be a coder by day, but I'm not about to spend my limited writing time coding. I, I don't have time. But an empty website with just my name on it seemed a little bare bones and half um, tushed. So I figured I'd put up maybe three or five posts just so the site wouldn't be empty. Get some content out there. That was... April of 2015? I followed the suggested slow blogging approach and started off posting once or twice a month until the second half of February 2016. Since then, I haven't missed a week. Although I did once do a rerun while I was out of the country for the first time. Somewhere around May of 2016, I was reading a blog. I can't remember if it was Kristen Lambs or Anne R. Allen with Ruth Harris's blog that suggested it, but the blog suggested that even if I'm not interested in using them, I might want to reserve my name on every social media out there. So why reserve your name on all the social medias. That seems a little excessive and nobody has time for that. Well, trends may change. My friends and followers might move to a different platform and jerks might try to reserve my name or take advantage of it once I become rich and famous because that's clearly six months away, right? Um, and using the same name and ID is useful for brand consistency. There's that word again, brand. You're going to be hearing it a lot. Um, so suddenly I had a Twitter, a Tumblr, a Goodreads account, a Reddit account, an Instagram, a Pinterest, a Facebook author page, and I'm sure I'm forgetting something. 
Oh yeah, a YouTube channel, like where you're watching me ramble on this topic, if you scroll up or maybe you're just watching right now. Um, the article on reserving your brand said I didn't need to do anything with them, just pick my favorite one or two and ignore the rest. Well, I, I can't leave well enough alone. I just couldn't leave them empty. So the problem is none of these social media networks work the same way and figuring them out is tricksy. I'll be covering blogging in part two and other social medias in part three, probably, unless part two gets too long. But first off, where is Morgan now? Well, my personal stats aren't amazing, but they're solid and steadily growing. I've been blogging regularly for three months, or wait, years, years, and I'm relieved when my new posts get over 25 views on the first day. I'm pleased when they get over 50, and I'm thrilled when they get over 75. I've, I've had a couple triple digit days, and they're pretty sweet. I might get lucky and have quadruple digit months, but yeah. So um, at first I saw my other social media as supporting my blog and that's how I've been treating them. But just because I like blogs and RSS feeds, half of you don't even know what those are, doesn't mean that's where my future audience is. And that doesn't mean that's what they're looking for in social media interaction especially since I write YA. So I've been trying to go where the teens are. And well, before we can get started about how to actually get started on social media, you need to know what sort of behavior is respected online. Caveat, if you don't care if future agents and readers and my mom respects you, feel free to stop reading now. Here is Morgan's guiding philosophy for interacting with others on the internet and in real life, I mean, really. So first off, you hear, here's a philosophy and you're like, oh no, I have to be true to myself. It's okay, you are still yourself. You have a personality, opinions and preferences and that's okay, you're allowed to do all that, but you're also creating a brand. Yep, there's that word again. I like to think I'm pretty WYSIWYG, i.e. what you see is what you get, but I have a filter. And what I post online is stuff that I'm okay with my future agent, my future fans, and my mother seeing, hi mom, both today and in 10 years when Google unearths my archives. Nothing about what I post or write is inauthentic. I'm just channeling what I feel is kind of my best self focused on writing in general as a theme and in a professional manner. So my guide for my yeah theories on how to interact online or in person. One, be polite, even if someone is a complete jerk to you. If you're struggling, just contemplate how smug and good it will feel to be able to claim that moral high ground. P.S. Don't be afraid to just walk away. Your job is not to argue on the internet. 
Feel free to shut down posts. Turn off commenting. It's okay. Two, be patient. You see aspiring writers who have yet to finish a chapter asking for feedback on their first page. Social media newbies who don't know how threaded comments work or missed the directions for the site or the Twitter contest or whatever. Remember that you were new once too. Be patient and direct them or at least direct them to someone who does have the patience for that. Three, be supportive. It's a good thing when other writers succeed. Most of us are here because we love reading. And with the heavy competition, hopefully, that means that the better writers are rising to the top, which means better books to read. Plus, the more writers you encourage, the more people out there who are out there rooting for you. Four, be kind. There are enough jerks out there. Why join them? And before you bash someone, remember, you don't know what they're going through and you don't know how hard they've worked to get where they are now. Tip five, praise publicly, admonish privately. If someone does something awesome, share it, spread it. If someone messes up, tell them privately and give them a chance to fix their mistakes. In this day and age of call-out culture, mobs can be started for incidental misunderstandings. In this day and age of Me Too, though, if someone crosses a boundary, but it seems accidental or is just minorly damaging, tell them in person and in email, whatever makes you feel most comfortable. You can bring a friend. You don't have to go this alone. If someone crosses a boundary, but you know it's on purpose or it's very damaging, escalate as you deem appropriate. But gather a support network for yourself. Too often we see dismissals or excuses. Find people you trust to help you through whatever actions you decide to take, preferably ones that aren't actually felonies. Tip six, vent in private. This is a big one. The publishing industry, especially traditional publishing, moves slowly. But the publishing industry as a whole is very small. It can be aggravating when you're racking up form rejections or personalized ones that totally didn't get your story. It can be frustrating when manuscripts you've scoffed at turn into bestsellers while yours sits on your computer and flies in your dreams. Or when agents keep asking for either niche books you can't write or stories that look just like yours that they already rejected. We all need to vent sometimes, but just be aware of who you're venting to. Many writing groups have people who intern with agencies. Many writing groups have people who have agents or will get agents in the near future. Many writers have friends in publishing and editing. People talk. Be careful where and to whom you choose to vent. And tip seven. Okay, this one's optional, but 
politics. Ooh, I'm going there. Personally, I'm not above liking a political post or the rare comment here or there, but my public social media is for my writing and politics detracts from that. Bonus, by avoiding politics on my social public social media, most of my feed is about books, writing, and cute animals. But I understand that's not for everyone. If you want to use your social media as a platform for your politics, you're not alone. There are plenty of issues out there that need people to support them. But just keep in mind that your politics will influence what audience you get. Warning, you do need to be prepared for potential backlash. One misspeak or unpopular opinion and you might find yourself facing trolls, doxing, or even death threats. Only you can decide if your beliefs are worth the time and emotional energy. So on that dark note, I'm going to summarize part one. Now we've I've addressed my approach to social media and the philosophy that guides my interactions. Tune in next week when I get into my methodology behind my blogging. See you then.